I think this the way people view uh, the, the, uh, just a career in general in the entertainment industry. They always just sort of dead set on following a certain path. And they're just dead set of saying, like, moving to L.A., then you have to do this and you have to do that. And it's like it makes you commit to deals in the industry that you don't want to do because mm-hmm. you feel like there's a certain path. People tell you that you yeah. have yeah. to. And it's like, no, you can say no. You can live yeah. the life you should live because at the end of the day, it's yeah. your happiness that's the ultimate goal because the amount of people in the industry that are unhappy because they decided to follow a certain set of rules is just – yeah. It's bananas. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. No. I'm not going to follow any guidelines. Like, like it's like whatever works best for me is and mo- whatever makes me the yeah. happiest at the end is the way I should do it. And there's so many people out there who who have not followed, like who have had careers mm-hmm. that are like not standard careers and they're doing great. And like cause some of the people that I look up to and it's like anything is possible. You yeah. can do it. You can do anything you want. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking us out. If you're in the Washington, D.C. area this weekend, we've got Brandon Ayer headlining Big Hunt. Brandon is a very funny comic from New York who has been on Late Night with Seth Meyers and Comedy Central. You can get tickets and info on the website. Today's episode features two guests, Solomon Giorgio and Eric Tadorian. It's less of an interview and more of a three-person conversation. Solomon is a Los Angeles-based comic who has appeared on Conan and Comedy Central. Eric is a Baltimore-based comic who has appeared on Vice and is a regular at Big Hunt. We talk about starting out in comedy, setting goals, and doing what's right for you. I didn't know you didn't perform at all in in college? I didn't. Oh, I I began performing as a comic... uh, like, stand-up-wise, was later. I did improv in high school. I did theater sports, which I don't think uh, counts as comedy. Cause comedy sports. Yeah, it was... I it's guess my it biggest was regret that I never did it in high school. I did a lot of improv. Yeah. I, it was competitive, too, because we'd go up against other schools. Yeah. They had comedy sports in your high school? Yeah. yeah. And is it improv? It's all improv, basically? It's all improv, yeah. Comedy sports are just the games they play. Uh, oh, my God. We didn't... I don't even... Maybe we did have it. I didn't know. We also... We had it in college, too. I had that... I still was under the... Um, not misconception, um, delusion that I could actually play like regular sports in high school, <laughs> which I could not. And I nobody told played. me that, but I kept on trying. And if I had gone to comedy sports instead of regular ass sports, I feel like my life would have been really different. Because yeah, you still could have wore the worse, headband. Starting comedy huh? younger is not good. You yeah. still could have wore the headband. Yeah. In, co- in comedy sports. Oh, yeah. for sure. Like I think comedy, starting comedy younger is beneficial for some people, but I think for me it would have been. You it don't think you would have been? Because I wasn't. I would have done a lot of the things yeah. that I would have done during that time. Because I gained a lot of experiences. Yeah. That just sort of formulated the voice I wanted to have. Yes. And it would have. That's so true. Yeah. Like I'm. Like I can. Like some people like get that voice much younger. <laughs> and I was not. I was like I was ready to. <laughs> I always feel that way because I like when I lived in Boston, there was a lot of stand up going around then, and I didn't start then. And then I lived in San Francisco later. Did you watch it? I saw. So, like, not really. I, like, did not have a lot of exposure to stand-up. Yeah. The only stand-up that I ever watched was on Live at, uh, at the Apollo after SNL. And then there was that stand-up show that went on after Live at the Apollo. And then that's the only thing. Wow. I never really... I didn't go to my first stand-up show until, like, right before I started comedy. Yeah, we're, I was obsessed. 
Yeah. I you was, were going to live shows? I was I was going to a few live shows, but I was genuinely upset. I was watching a ton of stand-up comedy. Yeah. Were you watching improv, too, or just stand-up? Oh, no, 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 no. No one should watch improv. <laughs> 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 when I lived in... That was the one comedy show I went to. I went to an improv like show. Like, I do love... Like, they, there's some... I've never went to one until afterwards, after I started doing stand-up. And yeah. then I was like, oh, okay. Because it's like... A lot I've of, still like, only been to one improv show in my whole life. It's better if... For like it's if I know who the players are and I know that they're good, I'll yeah. go. But I'm not gonna watch someone in their first year doing yeah. improv. I saw a show at UCB, you know, like six years ago, and it was very good. Yeah, they were really. Oh no, this yeah. came, when it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, it's fucking. I feel yeah, like the yeah. more people there are on stage, like the less chance yeah. there is it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's too much. I can disagree I mean, on both know. ends, because I think. I think I have I have a bigger tolerance towards bad stand up mm-hmm. than I have towards bad uh, improv. Oh, for sure. Because I can because I will laugh at bad stand up. Yes. Because I will laugh at the audience reacting to bad stand up. Yes. Like, but I cannot because but since I don't have per- like that, like f- like I'm not entrenched in improv. So yeah. like whenever it's bad, like it's uh, it's hurting me too. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's just like I mean with stand up it's like. There's only one person there. Mm-hmm. It's only one person on stage with like improv. Bad improv is like, w- there's so much confidence in community. Yeah, too much. There's too much confidence. Pl- and they just plow through that shit. And it's. Which is, I think is more impressive to find yeah. that many people without that much self awareness. Yes. <laughs> like if it's just a s- one stand up comic with, without the self awareness, that makes sense. That's the one person. Because the self awareness will <laughs> be kicking you in the teeth a lot. Like, but, uh, but as a group, <laughs> you, f- you think that somebody else, somebody like, I don't think. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're much closer to death at any moment when you're just by yourself on stage. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. having your buddies around and uh it just it just takes away all that that fear. Yeah. But I'll be honest, I've had more fun on stage with other people than I have by like I can have fun by myself, but is this doing improv yeah. or like riffing like with other just people? Just riffing with other people being so, like having any like cuz that's still improv. Like being on th- sure, stage sure, with somebody sure. and just having a conversation. We're not thinking we're like no one like unless you're a duo act on average no one's thinking of what they're going to do on stage ahead of time as a duo yeah uh so it's so yeah i like i i always have the most fun on stage when i'm not by myself uh so it's it's hard to say but yeah i started when i was 25 and you were about the same age right i was 28 you waited a little longer than i did what did you start um i really wanted to i'd like started to meet people who were doing stand-up and there were stand-up shows and i'd already gone to my first stand-up show at that point and i was like and what city was this this is in la yeah um the hardest city to start in (laughs) yeah it was hard it's really i guess it's getting harder now it's even harder now but even back then it was like this is like 2010 2009 2010 Mm -hmm. there were a lot of people and i kind of apartment for a year <laughs> being like i should be doing something at night shouldn't i <laughs> like i was just like smoking weed and like writing jokes on facebook all fucking yeah. day and then i'd be like There's, at night like everyone would come home from work that i live with and i'd be like ah and then i would just stay and get fucked up at home <laughs> and then i did that for a year and then i did my first open mic did it did you feel good the first time were you like i think i'm gonna keep doing this um good i don't think so i was like i was really ner- and i still to this day get really really nervous mm-hmm. before going up mm-hmm. 
um, sometimes to an excruciating level. Yeah. Um, but that moment of like that whole day was like torture, but that had that moment of like taking a deep breath while I was on stage. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh shit, this is not that this is it. Yeah. And I, my first set was really, really good. And then I didn't have another good set for like <laughs> six, <laughs> six months, maybe even a year. Depending on who you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time. It's Depends a long time. How often were you going up? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was going up. I mean, not as hard as other people that I, because there's always, there's always going to be people who go yeah, harder sure, than you. Sure. But I was going up at least once a night. That's a lot. Five, when you five first days started, a week. Yeah. yeah. Were, did you, were you nervous at first? Oh, I was actually the first time I did, I was 17 and I ate shit so hard. I didn't yeah. eat. I didn't do it again for eight more years. Yeah. Oh. And <laughs> <laughs> And then, no, uh, the first time I actually did it, I probably was nervous, but not as bad because I actually, I just, like, I managed, I was going to this bar all the time, uh, and I made one of the bartenders laugh, and she was told, like, me and my buddy made her laugh so hard that she's like, you guys need to do a comedy show. And we set up a date two months ahead of time, and he remembered that he had stage fright, so I ended up going up by myself, oh, and my first time since I was 17, I did a 45-minute. <laughs> 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 and it was mostly my friends, so like it was not like I wasn't. What did you do? You just just free I wrote a bunch of stuff. I did a character that. Oh God, I'm. I had did a you char- prepare 45 minutes knowing you were going to have to do that long? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. And it was just a whole long thing, and then, uh, but then uh, obviously after that, I became, I was like, you don't, you shouldn't be that over ambitious. So I, I dialed it back. Yeah. And went to open mics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's a superhero origin story. <laughs> yeah, it starts off with a one man show. Yeah. 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 But like somebody like bails on you the last second. Well, he didn't. Bail, then, he, I mean, he, like I had like a month. Yeah. Okay. Of prep still, so I wasn't like, no. <laughs> it was like the night of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that would have been different. I'm gonna leave you behind, and I was like, but my friend. <laughs> yeah. And then I just turn around like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I have that I bad stage fright too. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh especially like early on it was really bad, mm-hmm. but now it's like it's not too bad, but it's still I prefer to drink. It's still <laughs> to deal with it. Yeah. I, I feel a lot me, better if I drink. Like it took me two years to get the mic out of the mic stand. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't like, and then what happened? I like looked at the audience, like, did you just see that? And they were like, yeah, the thing that everyone else before you did. <laughs> yeah. That was something that somebody told me to do when I first started. They're like, first thing, take the mic out of the mic stand, put the mic stand behind you. I'm yeah. like, okay. That yeah. was like the first rule I learned. So I just did it from the beginning. Like, That's yeah. perfect. just go straight into the good habit. Yeah. Could, my heart would have exploded if I tried it. It's like, nope. <laughs> I, just t- I just took it uh, to be like, that's how you have to do it. It's the only way to do it. I feel like I started doing that when I hit my first like turning point in comedy where I was like getting more comfortable, more like when I got really comfortable is when I started doing that. Because at first I would not and I would just fiddle with the fucking stand <laughs> and I would always keep it like too low. So you're cr- and yeah. so I would so never look at the audience. At them, yeah. I would always look at the f- microphone and then somebody told me, he's like, you got to look at the audience, man. <laughs> and I, like never because that's like not me. Yeah. I'm like gregarious eye contact guy. Uh huh. And on stage, I was not yeah. at all. Same. I was same. I used to rock yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Look, stare at the ground and rock back and forth. Yeah. Hold the microphone. Talk like Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. 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 I'm, I, now I'm, yeah. And I've, I was pretty much like I would hold it up and I'd rest it on my chin like this. And I would just kind of be like, not, I would look above everyone's heads and never. <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's a 
that's, that's an easy trick. Yeah. yeah, that's a much better method than staring, staring at the ground. <laughs> yeah, just looking above them. Now I kind of wish I did the Freddie Mercury and just take like half the mic stand Hold and wield it like a fucking weapon <laughs> at people. Lafayette almost does that. He he holds the, he puts the mic stand on his foot. Yeah. It's a weird. It's a weird move. I've never like seen so anyone. Else. Yeah, he's yeah. too tall for the mic stand, so he has to prop it on top of something else for it to get to his face. He's so funny. Personally, That's, yeah, one of my favorite things to do, is, especially when I'm doing a TV set, is not use a mic. Oh, you like to like have your hands free. Oh yeah, when they were like, when I did my Conan, they're like, "Do you want a mic?" And I'm like, "Is there a point to it?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, "In that case, no." <laughs> <laughs> if you can hear me, then fine. Let's. Yeah. Because I, I, a lot of people are afraid to what they do with their free hand. Uh-huh. I'm like, there's plenty of things you can do with your free hand when you talk. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of things that can make the set better because mm-hmm. you can gesture with your hands. Oh, yeah. You're not, you're yeah. less limited. Like I felt like it was like, okay, now I can speak to everyone. Like it's a, if I felt like it was easier to be more conversational with my jokes mm-hmm. without the mic. Did your jokes change over time? Like oh. the style of jokes that you Good tell? Good God, yes. Uh, cause, uh, stylistically I was trying to, I was very, um, I was trying to shock people a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like my, like there was just a few jokes that I wish I could go back in time and snatch out of the oh, fucking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just rip it, rip out of oh, history yeah. if I could, <laughs> but they, I did them, I said them and I regret them. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Eric? You got any regrets? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a lot of the, I was, I, when I started stand up, I was coming out of a long-term relationship. And so there's a lot of relation, there's a lot of breakup <laughs> stuff in there. Um, then a lot of references. I still have a lot of stupid references, but a lot more references. And then some pretty problematic stuff that I probably <laughs> wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't want. You nothing t- like, nothing You're trying like, to be shocking also? Oh yeah. I was just angry. I just had, I had to like filter, I had to work through my anger on stage for like probably, I would say even like the first five years. How did it come out? How did the anger come out? I would do it by yelling and not having any (laughs) punchlines. I would just be like yelling and saying fuck a lot. And then I got it all because I'm just like a naturally angry person. Mm -hmm. Were people laughing? No, not (laughs) not in the first. I remember like. The first time <clears throat> at an open mic where all like all the other like angry comics came up to me after and they're like, that was a solid rant, bro. That was <laughs> yeah, a solid yeah. rant. And I was like, oh, shit, this is it. I keep forgetting about your anger because you're always docile and sweet around. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like got it out. But then I like literally actually like I just work. I have a lot of yeah. shit to work through and then like haven't been in therapy ever. So I was like working through it on stage and I got it all out of my system and yeah, I decided yeah. to be the opposite of that. Because, yeah, I think for me, comedy was, like, letting out any spite and frustration initially. Uh And now it's like, oh, now I want to entertain people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so weird that that wasn't the first thing that got me to comedy, is entertaining people. I was like, oh, later on, like, a year later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to make you guys laugh. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think all comics? I was going to say, yeah, do you think all comics are angry? I or they all just I think all all comics don't think about the audience when they first start. Yeah, that's, it's for sure, like, get get used to me and then you're like um, then like w- like you don't really even think of it as a job it's like it's an art form i'm like it actually is a job it is a skill set yeah it's both yeah it's it, both it can be both but like 
at the end of the day, like if I'm not making you laugh, then I'm not doing. Oh, for <laughs> sure, yeah. for sure. I also had like a job and would like didn't have a car, and yeah. I'd go to open mics at like after working a fucking minimum wage job and taking the bus. What was and the everybody job? just be sitting around. I worked at restaurants. Yeah. I worked at restaurants, and like everybody like didn't realize this until way later on that like most of the people that I started with did not have day jobs and just had money because they were just rich. They were, I mean, I don't know if they were rich, but, like, they just had money and just, it didn't they work. They just, just had good credit scores. They just yeah. had good credit <laughs> scores. Um, yeah, because I, like, that was the thing that I had to deal with as well. It was, like, because people, like, would come to my work. I'm like, I'm surprised you're still working. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what that means. Like, oh, like, like it's like because like you're far along restaurant job. Yeah. Like, they're like, yeah, you, like, like, I was, like, because I was, like, nine, that was, like, 11 years in when I fully quit my job. Yeah. Almost 11 years in. But it was just one of those things where people were like, what are you, what are you still doing working? I'm like. I have to eat. Yeah. I have to pay rent on time. I yeah. like being on top of my bills. <laughs> yeah. Was that after you had already been on TV? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I think people think that if you're on TV once, like then you're perf- like you're rich and no. you're comedian, yeah. like a yeah. pr- professional comedian. Like, and you had a longer bus ride than he Solomon used to take the bus ride like cl- clear across Los Angeles <laughs> every fucking and he'd been on Conan. Look, it's just the way it works. That's the way it is. Yeah. Just the that way is, it is the way it is. You yeah. guys were both on Flophouse. Yes. Yes. Did you guys? Well, like Solomon was on Flophouse, and you I, were on Flophouse, and I was his roommate at the time. We were on <laughs> Flophouse. <laughs> Is that we were what both happened? On drugs on television together. I was on too much drugs on television. <laughs> I think th- I thought that was part of the point of that show. It was a part of the point of the show, but I mean, Solomon was the the drug. I stayed. S- I had to stay sober because I had to host a three-hour comedy show every time. Yeah. Was that your so. show? No, we just uh, he just like, hosted them. We was it a live show before it was on TV? No, like there was a show at the house no. in the past, but it was because it was always a flop house filled with comedians. And yeah. how many people lived there? Um, there was three of us at the time. Uh, it was me and Eric and our friend James. Our James Austin Johnson. James Austin. Uh, f- and we just like they they were looking for a flop house space, and they checked Lance Bangs, who produced the show, checked ours out first, and he loved it. He especially loved the garage because it was insane. It was insane. And it's yeah he we filmed three episodes uh and then they did a bunch of other cities but they like for most part like we were the the opening the middle and the ending of the show yeah yeah i did i but i was aware of you guys from that show oh that was like what i knew you guys from until you know you moved here yeah and then you started headlining here uh yeah it's uh i still get right it's it's crazy when people come up like it's like 50 50 on whether people like the show or not usually (laughs) yeah I like Lately, it's been more like positive. It's been on Hulu now, yeah. So people have like, I've, there's another wave of people it's on who caught onto it, and I've also like, I like, it, but people that like, I like would be like, people that hit me up are like at a festival and they're like, come do dabs with us. I'm like, I'm yeah, I <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> it's yeah, no, there's a uh, like, it's there's some fun people though, but it's it's just one of those things that I'm like. Oh yeah, that was on TV, and that yeah. was us. That's on TV forever. Because we were for sure just way. hanging out. Being yeah, but it's kind of like a. But that's I think what they wanted. It's that's a thing it that people remember more than than late night sets, even. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, people, I think, connect with it a little bit more because it's like a yeah. little more interesting. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people involved, and there's yeah. like there's like varying, the spectrum of comedians was like, you know, Bobcat mm-hmm. to like me and other people like yeah. nobody knows and like. It, it was, was really cool. It was a really that great part experience. was great. Like that, like the the fact that that existed, it makes me very happy, and it's sort of just like a snapshot of a moment in my life that I really love. Yeah. So I get to. Get You've to got a little up. bobcat in you. I got a little bobcat. I wish I had his stories. 
He has had his iron ass stomach. The <laughs> motherfucker's got an iron stomach for shit. Well, he's yeah. He's been through so much stuff. Yeah. He went sober when he was nineteen. I know. That's so crazy. why is he so, an iron stomach? What does that mean? Just um, he's he's seen a, like he's been through a lot in his life. Yeah, and like he's literally been best friends with everyone who's died. In he the last opened for ten years. like he <laughs> opened for Nirvana on opened the road. Nirvana, like became very good friends with Bowie. Yeah, like best friends with Robin Williams. Like he's like he's That's cool. he's lived a life, and he also so fucking. So much humility. It's so insane. He's so Yeah, he's a real it. tender dude. Yeah. What I meant was that he just kind of, like, his movies are just so... Oh, God, they're so good. They're so intense, and, like, he he doesn't really shy away from making people uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which is something that I do shy away from. You think so? Oh, yeah. I'm a people pleaser. It's the immigrant way. <laughs> I don't want to fucking upset anyone. Don't you think in your stand-up you, you play a little with uh, people, like, being unsure of of what's happening? I can't help that. Because yeah. <laughs> I there's there's no other way that it's You're gonna just come out. It. Yeah, it just okay. doesn't come out any other it's way. It's not I wish I yeah. wish I could not <laughs> do that. Yeah. Um but as far as like pushing people's buttons, I don't like pushing people's buttons. I think yeah. Bobcat likes pushing people's buttons. Yeah, which I think is great. Which is great, which is we need button pushers for sure. We love button pushers. Yeah. So what do you think your stand up has turned into now? Um it's always hard to talk about your own stuff. Yeah, stand-up. it is. It's kind of like it's a very like, like for me, it's um. Like you want me, me to I talk just, about it? I'm much more. Of, I g- I'm becoming more of a storyteller with some absurdity, but I like making sure that I have a story to tell. Like it's just like yeah. I, like I like. I think that's a natural thing mm-hmm. to progress into. You you are a joke writer. And as you start to have to do longer sets and then come up with more material, yeah. it's only natural to it for it to like become storytelling, at, like for the basic uh, yeah. outline of of what you're talking about. And that's something yeah. I really like to do. I like cl- I I live a life where I gain experiences, and that's sort of just kind of where I want to always ha- come from. Uh, and I I don't know. I I think it's good. I hope <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I pray it's good. Well, it's <laughs> working out. It's working out <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah. Things yeah are no, going I can't good complain. For it's that's yeah. What you about you? Do you think you've changed there? I think so. I think I got... Um, I think moving really helped me. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would disagree with that, that I probably know. But, like, I... Well, it is a surprise move. It was a surprise like move, and it, like... L.A. to Baltimore. Like, what? Yeah. But it's still, like, I I was supportive. Yeah. The first... <laughs> it might be the first ever comic L.A. to Baltimore move. I really think it made me a stronger comic, though. Like, I felt like maybe just because of my personality... Um, in LA, I was getting like real stagnant and like going up in front of the same people mm-hmm. over and over again, doing the same jokes. And I, um, like I said, like like being comfortable and that shit was comfortable, and that could be to my detriment sometimes. And also, most of the most of the comics you know are not from LA. Yeah. So it's hard to explain to people like I'm from here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and which get, is not it feels like more stale for yeah. me than it does for you. Yeah, and it was like. And the thing about, like, being a lot of people who move to L.A. from other places, which is, like, normally how shit goes, they'll spend a year to two years, most of them, just, like, hating L.A. Mm-hmm. and hating the comedy scene <laughs> yeah. um, in L.A., which yeah, I think a so lot hard. of people still do. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to be, like... Well, it's not fun to be on the bottom of something. You no. Know? So no. when you first get there, yeah. it's not fun. And it's, like... And it was a lot of people who got really, really good at stand-up other places yeah. and moved there and were already really fucking good and had names and stuff. I actually don't hate it. Yeah, I actually I feel like, like showing up and people not knowing who I am. And I love it, it. gives me a chance to be like, oh, now I get to prove it. I love it. 
But was it when you first went to L.A.? Like, yeah, like it was like. Oh, I'll never forget like, that. Like when I, my first year in L.A. was rough, but I did not hate it. Like, no, but you you were already really good at stand-up, though. Because I've been doing it for five years yeah. when I got there. Uh, so, like, for me, it was like, it was getting a great opportunity to show that I was good at what I did, what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And you also knew a bunch of people here. who had already moved, who had just yes. moved there too. It, it was really beneficial, helped. but it was kind of just nice because it, it was like my, like my personal life was difficult because like I had to move and I had to set up things and find work, but. Comedy wise, it was just like every constant validation after validation. Because like when people expect nothing of you, it's good to surprise them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. If you can get the opportunities for people to listen to you mm-hmm. when they don't expect anything, it's oh, yeah. good. I think it's yeah. tough when you can't get the opportunity. You True. know what I mean? Where you're fighting and it's like a month between each thing you get. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it can be tough. What What was the driving force to make you move to Baltimore? Um, well, I mean, it definitely wasn't like career wise. It wasn't like career. My, it was like family wise. Mm -hmm. I, it was a family decision. My wife was from, well, then fiance Mm -hmm. to get the chronology, right? Um, (laughs) she, her family's from my past fiance, (laughs) my past fiance, my former fiance, Current wife. Um, I like former fiance. I just have to get stick with. It's really, really, really important. We we hammer that down. Um, She's from Maryland, and she, um, you know, wanted to be. She'd been living in LA for a long time, and really, she moved out there to do stand up, and like wasn't doing stand up anymore, and like kind of realized that, and like her family's all in Maryland, so she wanted to be closer to her family. and like I said, I'd gotten stagnant. Like I was getting acting stuff, mm-hmm. and it was really good. And I think I was like about to start making some money, which would have been really cool. And I had some like irons in the fire, so that's like that part made it really difficult to move because I had to like leave a bunch of shit on not a bunch of shit, but like some stuff yeah. on the table because people don't like doing stuff outside of L.A. No, when they're trying no, to they do don't. when they're trying to be in L.A., which is fair. It's just so much easier there to do stuff like that. Um, but then I think move like, and it was really hard. Like the transition was really hard. It was also like balls deep in the election cycle. Like Mm. we moved, we drove into DC like two weeks before the election in 2016. It was just a fucking crazy ass time. Yeah. Really nuts. (laughs) Um, and so the transition part was weird, but like once I got, I'm also just a slow learner and every fa- I just like it takes a long it took me a long time to start comedy because I'm just like need to be slow and stupid for a while to before I do something good for myself. I'm very slow. I take forever with every decision yeah. and every change that I have to yeah. make. It's always like 3 years late. Yeah. Yeah, that's sounds like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a I mistake. make my decisions very quickly and I'm widely successful. So. See, I do <laughs> make, I make my decisions very quickly too. I just don't think them out. I oh, don't and no, then I, I just I suffer that later on. No, I'm a very like I yeah. think things out very very pers- it's I think them out for a long time. I just keep thinking about them. I just keep thinking until it I have to do it. Until yeah. I get forced to do it then I do it. See, I th- I make a decision, and I also have like four backup plans for yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's good. If anything happens, I will have something to make sure I don't fall apart. Yeah. I spend all my time just, I just go through worst case scenarios, and then my plans for 
you know, how I would handle each worst case scenario. <laughs> and that's yeah. just all, all I do. And then when something like one of those gets taken off the table, it can't happen anymore. Then I just the next one, I just yeah. fill it in with that. Oh, survivalist is what we call that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's a lot of it's all negative thinking. Mine. I think mine is the op- I, I um, will just get lost in my own delusion for a long time and then be like, oh, reality is a lot different. And then I will have to um, live in that reality and uh. figure shit out that way. Which yeah. is usually how I do things. I dwell in reality. Yeah. yeah. Solomon, what advice reality. do you have for us? Um, <laughs> my recommendation. Can you help us out over uh, here? Number one, do what makes you happy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do it quickly. <laughs> okay. And act, act quickly. like, like you don't have to ke- you don't have to have high expectations, but like it's it's fun to have a goal. I also have reward systems. Okay. That's what do you what reward do. yourself with? I well, I like it all varies. Like if I have like a writing project. Uh-huh. And like I don't, my rule is if you if I want to do if I want to get something do something fun, I have to work on something y- that I have been you ignoring. Have do, you do that all the time. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Wow. I I, I have a series of rewards. Like if I like say I have an early flight and I have to get up early, I'm like, look, if you get up early and you get to the, to the airplane early, you get to have a McGriddle <laughs> <laughs> if you get there on time. <laughs> Right now, I feel that's really smart. Mm-hmm. Right now, I feel like it, you're like a therapist just tossing out that idea <laughs> to me, and I'm in my head. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. I don't yeah. want to do that. It's too much to think I about. I know. I understand. It's yeah. it's a lot I of so much resistance unpacking to that <laughs> to that, uh, to that positive good idea. It's but it's like because it's I like I hate to work just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, but I also know that if I, I know that when I get it done that the re- like because the true reward is me actually doing it right yeah. which i don't realize until you do it and then yeah. you feel good and then but if i set it up by having something tangible that i know that i like right yeah. like if i like it's it's just as simple as like oh i'm gonna go to this bar if i get if i finish yeah, this you're dumb or it if down. i go to or i'll get a concert ticket and i'm like yeah if you do this by then you get to go to this you're making it. You're making it dumber for yourself, mm-hmm. so that your brain can uh, understand the complicated thing that you're trying to accomplish. And it's, it really gets me in in the work zone more than anything in my life. Yeah. How do you like being a writer? It's the the best job. It can it can have insane stress levels because you can never trust yourself uh-huh. because you never think you're good enough. But when you get to the other side of things i've it's it's like stand-up comedy like you freak out for so long and then you have a good set and then you're like fuck yes right yeah when you give somebody a script and they like it and you're like and they're gonna like you're gonna make this into tv as yeah. well yeah fuck it's just like it's it's a constant reward system <laughs> that's that's yeah. never ending because the work you created is also forever and it's just like it's really i've been like it's been double blessed in all angles for me so there's some people that i think just the way their personality is they they the kind of people that like want to be on stage all the time and like you have to drag them off stage they're like running the light mm-hmm. all the time they they always want to be up there and i think when they get writing jobs sometimes they don't feel the same satisfaction from yeah. that because um, writers rooms mostly because it's like i feel like that's that's what I, l- I mean, I haven't really been in any yeah. real writer's rooms 
but it just seems like so much fun. It is fun, and it's a team playing situation. Everybody's and a lot got people, hoodies on, which is the huh? issue: is that a lot of yeah. stand-ups are not team players. They yeah. don't want to be collaborative. Right. They don't want to work like especially the people who don't get off yeah. stage. Yeah, when and there's other people. Right. <laughs> and also, uh, and also, the things that people don't seem to understand is like it doesn't even matter if you have the best joke. Mm-mm. It's yeah. not like if, if it's just really it's just really what yeah. benefits the story the most. Yeah. Yeah. So you get to be on a team. Yeah. And then a lot of people cannot let that go like of so their best fun. joke. And they're like, uh, that's the best joke. Everyone, everyone laughed at that joke. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But it doesn't fit the story. That's why I feel so like <laughs> I'll be good in a writer's room because I'm never going to come up with the best joke. That's but I'll come true. up with the one that's like going to get someone else. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I could do that I all do fucking the day. The precursor. The yeah. Joke, get yeah. It at me. <laughs> I can like definitely do that all fucking day. And it's so fun <laughs> to be in that space because it's such a collaborative, good nature. And if like, obviously there's, there's rooms out there that are not positive. Right. But yeah. I've been very fortunate that the jobs that I've had have been very positive rooms. Yeah. Uh, with people who are very collaborative, very like are willing to share the spotlight mm-hmm. because it's like at the end of the day, it's like, do you want a good script or do you want, to get the recognition yeah right and if you're willing to sacrifice that aspect of yourself you get a good show that's cool that's great to have that attitude do you uh, do you want to work on do you want to try to like create your own project oh that's my whole goal is to is my own show i've always wanted to be have my own production company i've always wanted to produce my own shows oh wow that's i want to definitely want to perform more Mm -hmm. uh but like you can only like you can, you can it's harder at talent is a much more difficult life because the jobs are inconsistent yes and it's diff it's very very difficult to break into the world of writing mm-hmm. but once you get in it's consistent work do you think it's a harder a harder yeah it's easier to get into the d- nba than it is to get into the w- wga you, you think so there's way more nba players <laughs> wow that's a that's, that's a wild crazy. thing yeah it's only 10 i think like 10,000 members wow in the uh, WGA? That's crazy. I, yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, like, that's a part of what I think where, like, I think college comes in handy there. <laughs> there's, like, I mean, like, there's just a lot of people looking out for people that they went to school with. In the that writers, is but it's also true. Yeah. But there's also people who, if you are, if you're producing the, the right amount of work and you're, like I think, cause I like I didn't have a sample for so long, and I wasn't trying to push out any of my own stories. And when I actually wrote out my pilot, and it was a narrative specifically based on something that I liked, and I started showing that out, that got me work more than anything in the yeah. world. Like it's been like yeah. ever since I did the thing that everyone told me to do over and over yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> do you? So it's tough because. You kind of have to you're dividing your time between these different things and you have to yeah. make decisions about like, you know, am I going to sit and write jokes? Am I going to try to go on tour yeah. and like work on this hour or do I want to try to work on a pilot or. Yeah. But what a problem to have. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure <laughs> it's sure. not like a good ass problem. of all the problems I could have. That's just like that's a good. Ass what problem. do I want to do with <laughs> the career and how do I want to make money right now? Like, yeah. that's not a fu- that's like, yeah, it's like sometimes I do get frustrated if I'm in a room and I don't get to go up on stage as much as I'd like. But at the end of the day, you're like, working. The jobs aren't like writing jobs don't take my whole day away. Mm-hmm. And like, and I used to be like, I used to work as doubles at a server shift and then I would yeah. go to do three open mics. And yeah. now I'm in a place where I'm like, I get to write for TV and then I get to do one of the best shows in town. Yeah. yeah. So what am I like? It's not, <laughs> it's, I yeah. get to work at the, be- the best clubs in the country. Like, so it's like, I can't. 
Nothing to complain. Feasibly find a way to <laughs> be yeah. unhappy. That's how it's, it's how progress works. Yeah. It's the best. That's why I feel like I am. I've learned so much. Just to, like stand up is the only thing I've ever done, and with my life, in my life, like really tried for. And I think it's one of the best things about it is that I learn. I've learned so much about myself, and I feel like I'm at a place now where I get to think about like that year before I started doing stand-up, when that whole year when I should have been doing the thing that everyone told me to be doing, like, taking that first step is, like, I've actually done it. Like, moving here, like, moving outside of L.A. was what got me, and this isn't really embarrassing because I was, like, 30 fucking 5 when I moved out here, but it was, like, started setting goals. Like, I, that's, like, when I really was, like, I you have to fucking take this seriously. Otherwise quit like well yeah it kind of takes you out of like a lot of noise and then you're kind of you're really i mean i was just floating just in you. la and, and yeah. in here like i had to make shit happen on my for myself and like i wasn't got a lot of help younger than you when i was doing when i started doing goal setting yeah <laughs> like so it's like it's just the the nature of the because yeah. we're just a bunch <clears throat> of irresponsible degenerates and Santa yeah. was the first thing that taught us how to be responsible yeah commit to time like time management <laughs> and I'm really good at eating shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like I, you know, just I'm 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 so used to everything. Not everything being hard. Like obviously, I've had a way more privileged life than a lo- most of the people on the in the world. But like, I still like a lot of shit is really hard for me. Like even like simple stuff. And so like I get really used to that rut of like mm-hmm. I can just it's okay to just like suffer. And like now it's like. A lot of people aren't suffering really, and like they're just getting shit done. Yeah. And I just want to get. I got a dry erase board, is what I'm saying. <laughs> ready, ready to write a pilot. Oh, you should get one of those uh, magnetic. That's uh, what Emily thing. Heller. It's yeah, it. Emily Heller's been talking about. Well, that. she's been doing the the. Cork oh, it's board. a different thing. But here's the thing: if you you can get the magnetic ones, mm-hmm. the dry erase ones, so uh-huh. you can like move it around. Yeah, like no post-it notes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not post-it notes. It's like you can dry erase yeah, yeah, yeah. right on them, and yeah. then you get they stick on the dry erase board. That's fool's fuck. So you can See, move I need around to get that plots, now. and then it's like to get that. Are you it's gonna? What cool. are you gonna write? Are you gonna write stand up on it? I want to write. Uh, I have. I sort of have an idea for a pilot, or like a twenty minute, twenty two nice. minute. You have like a bunch of good ideas. I have some. I have a lot of good ideas. I just don't have a lot of follow through. And that's. Do one you want to do it with people in Baltimore? I do. I want. Well, I mean, DC and Baltimore people. Mm, nice. But like, I have an idea for something. That's that great. I, I like TVMA. Huh. TVMA? MA. MA. Hard. <laughs> uh, hard MA. Hard MA. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a capitalized mom? Oh, fuck. It's, it's, it's taxi cab confessions, but with Lyft. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it now. Now it's out there. Yeah. Stuber came out, so now I have <laughs> you, to like you gotta hop on it's ticking, it. man. Yeah. You got to fucking hook on before yeah. it goes away. Yeah. This is. I got to ride that Stuber train. <laughs> That's great. Well, do you? What do you think? Do you think uh, would you ever go back to LA? I don't think so. At this point, it's like we talk about it all the time. Um, at this point, I would be trying to go back to what our life was like in 2015, mm-hmm. which is never gonna fucking happen. Yeah. Like, well, I think you would have to come back. Like, you would. I. You'd have to. Do something and then go back at a different place. Probably. I don't think I'm ever want to live anywhere. Like I want to live in Baltimore for the rest of my life because I yeah. think I just really like it. And mm-hmm. I think, um, 
Yeah. I think there's a way you can definitely work in both yeah. places. But yeah. I def- I mean, I I want to be in LA. For and a lot of people hopefully have. Hopefully working. Yeah, yeah. People there's are, so people many are performers. And I think that's just my personality. Like, I mm-hmm. really, I realized one of the, I'm talking too much now because I got to drink a Red Bull. But um, <laughs> when we moved, when we moved, I realized, like, we've been in our apartment for four years. And I realized when we were moving, I was like, this is the longest I've been in one place for, like, since I was a kid. Wow. And I was like, that's fucking, and I didn't really ever think about it. But, like, looking back on my life and, like, you get older, you, like, get up your own ass mm-hmm. all the time. Um, I was like, oh, shit, I just like moving. I just, like, I can't be in one place. But, like. I like having a base, so so I definitely want like a home base because I just need that. I think yeah. people just need that, but I want to be all over. Well, yeah, I was gonna say like I think uh, I think it's getting to a point where the possibility of of not having to live in New York and LA is like st- is starting to become a thing. Yeah, you know, and certainly people who there's people who've gotten pretty far along and then are able to like use that to live yeah. somewhere else, but then there's also the other side of like the internet and the direct to mm-hmm. people yeah. aspect of it where you can gain a following elsewhere and then be your own thing and, yeah. and then go out for a couple weeks or whatever. Well, yeah. I think this, the way people view uh, the, the, uh, just a career in general in the entertainment industry, they always just sort of dead set on following a certain path and they're just dead set of saying like moving to LA, then you have to do this and you have to do that. And it's like, you don't, have to yeah it's a conventional wisdom yeah. people get locked into that and it's like that's it's a it's it, it drives you crazy it makes you unhappy it makes you commit to deals in the industry that you don't want to do because mm-hmm. you feel like there's a certain path people tell you that you yeah. have yeah. to and it's like no you can say no you can live yeah. the life you should live because at the end of the day it's yeah. your happiness that's the ultimate goal because the amount of people in the industry that are unhappy because they decided to follow a certain set of rules is just yeah it's bananas i'm like yeah i'm not gonna do that no i'm not gonna follow any guidelines like like it's like whatever works best for me is and whatever makes me the happiest at the end is the way i should do it and there's so many people out there who who have not followed like who have had careers Mm -hmm. that are like not standard careers and they're doing great and like some of the people that i look up to and it's like Anything is possible. You yeah. can do it. You can do anything you want. Otherwise, I, I would just be telling. I just wait till t- like <laughs> five years in my career and be like, guess what, guys? I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I just changed it. I was like, wow. <laughs> he had the best pussy eating jokes. Salmon's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Psalmist> gay. <laughs> I think we could leave it there. Would yeah. you, you guys want to? You got any more uh, thoughts no. you want to? Put I think there. that's all I got. That was a good. That was a, that good, was a good. I love it. Ending. That was a nice pause. It yeah. Was a good yeah. pause ending. Yeah. It's a good ending. <laughs> I like your. I like your big goals. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah. That you. That you want a, a production company. I love it. I love the sound of it. Look, I'm also not gonna like. If it doesn't happen, I'm already happy. That's sure. The thing yeah, is, like, yeah. Yeah. The only reason I have uh, that additional no, goal but is because that I, is so important. No, I already reached everything else I needed. That's to in my really life, important. And I'm fine. But <laughs> it's cool to even be able to say that. You know, to put it out there because. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to put yourself out there and yeah. even even open that up to yourself, the idea up to yourself, and, yeah. and then ha- feel the whatever the pressure of it. But yeah. Look, hey, my first you gotta set be was forty five minutes. So yeah. hey, man. are you surprised that I'm no. this ambitious? <laughs> this guy is this guy is ambitious and positive. Yeah. Do you doubt the production company for a second? No. <laughs> He's gonna have a production company. Already, I'm already I'm already incorporated. Yeah. See, it's, it's already happening. Uh, sweet what is it called? Sweet brown molasses. Mm. 
There's a uh, <laughs> there's a pilot coming out of Baltimore soon that you should definitely <laughs> check out because well, I don't I've, I don't have the production power now, but if I know yeah. of any, if yeah. I could help you anytime, I bet so. you can help him out. <laughs> I gotta put a pilot out first. Oh look, if I can make I Eric write famous it. right now, I would do it. You try really hard. You you've tried <laughs> harder than I have <laughs> in my life. But he's, got the, but he's got the whiteboard now. Now that you got the fair, whiteboard. I got the whiteboard. It was mostly going, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> you should watch him. That's Thank something. <laughs> Tyler, the creator, would not agree. Because <laughs> he walked out of my set of Iceland. But uh, it's fine. Uh, who knows? I mean, I love him. No matter <laughs> what. I don't Igor's a great album. Igor's a really good anyway, album. Anyway, buy Igor on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. And watch his dancing on the Twitter. <laughs> well, thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com.